Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. So we're kicking off a new series called Building a Great Life. For the next several weeks, we're going to be on this topic, and we're going to look at ways that we find in the scripture. Uh, Let me say it this way with our title, Blueprints Given by the Architect God, you know, through the Holy Spirit, that we can apply to our life to build a life that's uh, great or in line with the things of God, because anything in line with with the things of God is great. I mean, that's, that's the bottom line, really. I mean, it's not a lot of mystery to it. You just gotta apply the scripture to the areas of your life that we're looking at, in every area of your life. We'll talk about things like marriage and parenting and, and just uh, finances, family finances, all, all kinds of areas that will help us apply the word to it so we can bring about change in our life to get in line with the word of God. And so we're kicking that off today. Um, you've already heard it many times, but I wanna say it. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms. Let's just, another time. Are you here one more time, one more time? Let's give them a big... God bless you. Amen. Bottom line is none of us would be here without them, right? I mean, <laughs> that's the reality of it all. And so, but I know a mom encompasses a lot of things. You could be a biological mom. You could be a stepmom. You could be a foster mom, an adoptive mom, a spiritual mom. Uh, I may have missed something in there, but we honor all of you. But I know that doesn't fit necessarily everybody. In fact, there's times where it's like, if you're not in that or you didn't have a good experience in that, sometimes you may even wanna not come on days like this, but we wanna celebrate all women today because I believe there's something God given in all women that uh, God put in there that just brings life, brings life into the world. And I don't mean from a sense of birthing something like a child, but you have the ability, God-given ability, we'll see in just a moment, to bring life, period, into every situation. In fact, we wanna honor women and celebrate you today and kicking off our series because you're such an important part of life. You're such an important part of this church. I don't know if you know this or not, but 60% of people that attend church are women. Now, I believe we're, we're gaining on that, man. <laughs> we need to make sure we're inviting our, our friends and uh, our buddies, all that, coworkers and stuff. I, I believe we're working on that. 70% of the volunteers in a church are women. So that's probably a shock to some of you. Um, I think, again, we're probably maybe ahead of the curve on that one, but we could certainly improve. And guys, it's always great to have men step up and serve, amen, and have your influence as a man in different places. Now, it's not a, a today's not necessarily an exclusively Mother's Day message. And so, guys, I don't want you to check out either because the things that we'll discuss in the Scripture today, you need to have a vision for that. You need to declare that and speak that over your spouse or the ladies in your life, the women in your life. Um, if you're single and not married, man, you need to be believing for that, all right? I'm gonna give you some things to be believing God for. So let's all make sure that we're locked in this morning to the word. Genesis 320, let's take a look at that. Here's what it says. Adam named his wife Eve. Now remember, Adam named everything. God gave the responsibility to Adam to name everything. In the garden, when everything was set up and God was bringing animals and stuff by Adam, he was naming them all. That was his responsibility. And we think there's probably some randomness or or something to some of the things he named, and it looks like there might be, but not when it came to woman. Because now he'd named every animal on the planet and he realized there's not a partner for him. And God knew that a partner was going to be created, so he did and brought the partner, the woman, to Adam. And here's what Adam said. Adam named his wife Eve because she would become the mother of all the living. Now think about that for a minute. The significance in what Adam did in the name, and he declared her name to be Eve, and the reason why, or the meaning of it, is because she would become the mother of all the living. Eve literally means bringer of life. 
And so I want you to know, ladies, established in the garden by God through Adam was this impartation of the ability to bring life into this world. Now again, I'm not meaning necessarily just physical giving birth, but you have the God-given ability to bring life into every area of your life. You have the ability to bring life in the midst of darkness. You have the ability to bring life in the midst of a bad report. You have the ability to bring life in the midst of your marriage, the life, life in the midst of your children. You have within you, given by God, established from the beginning of time, an ability created by God himself to bring life into every situation you face. Amen, that is good news, ladies, amen? That is good news. I want you to know that because you face opportunity every day where death abounds in some way, shape, or form, where darkness abounds in some way, shape, or form. But know this, God has established you as a bringer of life. Amen. I want you to know that because I want you to be able to rise above those challenging times when things would try and hold you down or circumstances. And I want you to see the life that can come from just your being there, that the presence that you have through the power of the Holy Spirit the words that will come out of your mouth, the revelation that will come given by the Holy Spirit. Why? Because it's part of what you do. And this dark and hurting lost world needs the women to stand in that place of bringer of life. I love that picture, if you will. Nothing's by accident wasn't just a random name. It was something that God had established when the name was given. I wanna give you some things this morning, uh, ladies. Let's look at seven key attributes that women have that are important to building a great life. I want to give you seven big ideas about women, about the strength of women, about who they are in our lives, our families, and here in our church, with the idea of you've been created with a special ability to bring life into every situation. Number one, let's go with this. Number one, women are influential. You're influential. I don't know if you know that. You might think you don't have a voice. You might not think you have any influence, but you do. A God-given voice, God-given influence. You, have, you can influence things for life. You're the bringer of life. Let's take a look again at Eve. Going back to the beginning in the garden, we see Eve with Adam. And God set them in there. He set them in the garden. He said, you can eat of anything in this garden. So all kinds of trees, all kinds of things to eat of. There's only one thing that I don't want you to partake of, and that is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. He says, everything else is yours. Go ahead, enjoy it to the full. And so we kind of know the story. Eve is there, Adam is with her, the Bible says. The serpent comes in and he convinces her uh, to take, partake of the fruit. She takes the apple, bite of the apple. She hands it to uh, Eve, I mean Adam rather, and he takes a bite. Now, I know sometimes I, I think, why did, and we, the, here's the question, why did he not, the devil not just go straight to Adam? And, and naturally the comeback on that is because Adam would stand in his place of authority and just rebuke the devil and I'm not gonna give in to you devil, you have no power here, you have no authority here, but, but I think there's something else to that. And you would like to think men would do that, but sadly it doesn't happen that way all the time. But I know this, the devil's really smart. Now he doesn't have any power over you if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, amen? But he's real smart. And so what the, I believe the devil did is he went to Eve because Eve is an influencer. And so I believe he's thinking in his, in his mind, he's thinking, now if I give this apple to Adam and he takes the fruit and he takes a bite of that, he's not gonna share. He's not sharing. Men don't share, come on women, men don't share. Like he's not, that's my apple, get your own apple. You want apple, go get one off the tree right there. Come on ladies, you know that's true, right? Come on, you know, it's like, it's like my wife, I'm eating some french fries, hey can I have one of those fries? Get your own fries. These are my fries. If you want fries, I'll go buy you fries. But you're not having mine. I remember when we first got married, my wife was on my, it was hard for me just to, 
you know, it just, you know what changed me was having kids, right? Once you start drinking after your kids, they start drinking after, it doesn't matter, everybody, hey, everybody, come have a drink, it doesn't matter anymore. Come on, you stranger over there, yeah, come on, have some, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter. Come on, you know you've been there. I'll go get you some, honey. No, you cannot have a bite of my mint chocolate chip bluebell ice cream. I'll go buy you a gallon of whatever you want. But I think the devil was smart enough to know that how to get to the man was influence. Influence. So ladies, listen, I don't mean that from a negative standpoint this morning, but I don't think you realize how much influence you have. Use your influence for good, amen? I mean, don't sit back and take a back seat to things happening around about you. Don't think that you don't have a voice that matters. Don't think you don't have anything to say. You've been created by God to be a bringer of life into every situation. So leverage your influence, your God-given influence for good, amen? Don't take what the devil brings your way. Don't take what world bring, the world brings your way. Stand up in that place that God has created to be in and bringer of life and influence life into every situation you have. God's given you that ability. I don't know about you, but man, I'm being amen in all this too because I want a, a woman of godly influence in my life, amen? I wanna have that. We need to have that around about us and my families. Influence your families. Influence your kids. Listen, you have more influence in your husband. You have more influence in your kids. You have more influence people around about you than you think. Stand in that place. I mean, don't let the, curl, the, kids, the, your, the world just influence your kids. Well, I just hope they don't get any worse than they are right now. I, no, you leverage your influence in their life and don't care what anybody says, don't care what the school says, don't care what government says, don't care what the neighbors say, don't care what the parents or their best friend says, it does not matter. You influence them for God, period. You're the bringer of life into every situation. Realize that, walk in that revelation. That's how God created you to be women, to be influencers. I love that idea there and there and if that's not enough and I think it's enough to celebrate, understand that in the Old Testament, there's a, there's a story as well about, it's called about the unjust judge or the unjust ruler. And there was a woman that came to the unjust judge and, and wanted, needed something to happen and he would not rule in her favor. But she didn't, take no for, she didn't take no for an answer because she knew she was a person of influence. God had created her to be that way. So she went back time and time and time again and she, eventually the guy said, okay, okay. What does she do? She leveraged her influence to eventually change that answer, change that situation around. Don't lay down when the devil does something. Don't lay down when man says no. Now, let me say this real quick. I'm not talking about violating roles within marriage and leadership and all that. That's not what I'm talking about this morning. That's next week, marriage, right? That's a whole different thing. We're talking about different things today. But use your influence. Hey, listen, look at this story. The story of James and John. Two of Jesus' disciples. Matthew 20, 20 through 21. Talking about influence. Then the mother of Zebedee's sons came to Jesus with her sons. Now these are grown men. That's so funny to me. Come on, boys. Where are we going, mom? Going to Jesus. Oh, come on. All the other disciples are gonna make fun of us. Really, mom? Let me just handle it or whatever. No, she brings her boys to Jesus, kneeling down, asks a favor of him. What is it you want, Jesus says. And she said, grant that one of these two sons of mine may sit at your right hand and the other at your left hand in your kingdom. I love that mom's heart for her kids. I love the influence she was trying to leverage. You know, here's what I think that, that would be a horrible mistake. Is so most of us would say, hey sons, why don't you just go ask Jesus if one of you could be at the right hand, the left hand? Because be, I'd, really I'd, really, I'd like to see you do that. 
I'd like to see you there. Hey, you know what, guys? Have you ever thought about just at some moment taking Jesus aside and say, hey, can we sit at your right hand? Can we sit at your left hand? You know what I see? I see that mom grabbing the, the hands of her two grown sons and marching right up to Jesus confidently as a bringer of life, as a person of influence, and saying, Jesus, I want my sons to sit in the high places with you. I want them to rise above the mundane and terrible things of this world, and I want them to serve you, to walk with you, to be with you. I want my sons to be at your side the rest of their life. What do you have to say, Jesus? <laughs> come on, moms. Come on, women. The people in your life, you speak those great things over them. You have a bigger vision than you have now today. Pray bigger prayers than you've prayed. Have a vision for them to be people of influence. Have a vision for them to rise above everybody else and everything else. They're not going to be like the rest of the world. They're not going to be average. They're not just going to get by. They're going to sit the right hand of Jesus and at his left hand. Amen? Come on. You're a person of influence. Leverage it. Leverage it. Stand in that place. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. I love that idea of this mom. Their mom, your mom stands and fights for you. Women stand and fight for those in your family and around you. Where would we be without that influence? And let's say this, mom, do you have a vision? Women, do you have a vision for that with people around about you? Are you leveraging your influence for their future? Or are you just letting it happen? Don't let this world determine the future for your family and your friends and your children. Leverage your influence. Number two, women serve tirelessly and go above and beyond what is required. They serve tirelessly and go above and beyond what is required. I already said 70% of volunteers in churches today are, are women. So we thank you for your service. And thank you for being faithful and dedicated and serving. Let's take a look at a woman in the Bible, Rebecca. Now Abraham, had a son, Isaac, and Isaac, he, Abraham wanted to find a wife for Isaac, so they had moved out of the land from which they had originated from, and they were with another area, and he didn't want his son to marry people in that area, so he sent a servant back to where they were from and said, go back to our homeland and find a wife for my son, Isaac. And so the servant did, and he was given things uh, from Abraham to do all that. And so as the servant comes up to this particular place, there's a water well there, and so he prays this prayer. He's like, that's a big responsibility. How am I going to find a wife for my master's son? And so he prays this prayer. He says, Lord, he goes, when I come up to this place to get a drink of water and I ask for a drink of water as, when the women come out, then the one who asks if she could water my camels as well, that will be the one. How, that's a kind of a crazy prayer, right? So I'm going to get a drink of water. But if she asks me if she can water my camels also, then I'll know that's the one. And I thought for one moment, I thought, that's a pretty high standard right there. I mean, there's, there's more to it than that. So, so he goes, and all the women come out at a certain time of the day to get water, and he's there, and sure enough, he goes to get a drink of water. And let's pick the story up here in Genesis 24, 18 through 20. She says, Rebecca says, drink, my Lord, she said, and quickly lowered the jar to her hands and gave him a drink. After she had given him a drink, she said, I'll draw water for your camels too until they've all had enough to drink. Now listen, until they've all had enough to drink. I, I love that story because uh, understand this, that he had 10 camels with him and one camel alone that was thirsty drank 20 to 30 gallons. I don't know if you know that or not. So let's go get the picture here. There's 10 camels. We're talking 200 to 300 gallons. So it wasn't this girl just scoops a little bit of water. Here, camel, you want a little sip? Come on. Here, camel. Oh, such a good camel. Oh, sorry. It's like 200 to 300 gallons going back and forth. Come on, I'm believing for that kind of young man for my daughters. I'm telling you what, right? It's like above and beyond. 
God created you to go above and beyond. Why? Because you're willing to do anything for your family. You're willing to do anything for people around about you. God has given you that ability. You're willing to do whatever it takes to bring life into a situation. You're not just settling for what comes. You're not just settling for what happens. You're not settling for just enough. You're gonna go above and beyond and bring life into every situation of your life. That's how God created you. Women, that's how God created you. I love that story. She goes above and beyond the call of duty. See, moms, we see that in so many moms putting the needs of their families first. It's like what Jesus said, I didn't come to be served, but to serve. You're like Jesus. Number three, women are courageous and risk it all for their family. I love that, women are courageous because we usually associate courage with men. It's like, man, that guy, he's brave. Man, you got a lot of courage. But listen, I tell you what, women are some of the most courageous people I've ever experienced on the planet. It's amazing what they do. Women are courageous and make things happen for their family. Take a look at the book of Esther. The book of Esther. Esther has been selected as a wife of the king. She's a Jew and she's been selected and he's not. And so one of the leaders, uh, the king's leaders that he set in, in a place of authority hated the Jews and wanted to kill them all, was gonna annihilate them all. So he came up with a scheme to do that. And so he set forth a decree to kill all the Jewish people. And so uh, look at what Esther says here in verse 11, Esther 4:11. All the king's officials, or it's basically telling the story, all the king's officials and the people of the royal provinces know that for any man or woman to approach the king in the inner court, without being summoned, the, not being summoned by the king has but one law, what, that they'll be put to death unless the king extends the gold scepter to them and spares their lives. But 30 days have passed since I was called to go to the king. Now, she knows the law. Even though she is the queen, a queen, one of the wives, she knows that she even cannot go before the king unless she's been summoned. But here's this decree to kill all the Jewish people and she knows she has to do something. And she goes, so much time has passed. I'd hope by now he'd send for me, but he hasn't. I'm just gonna go. And even if I die, I'm just gonna go ahead and go. Look at verse 13 and 14. Here's a discussion with, then with her uncle. He sent back this answer. Do not think because you are in the king's house, uh, you alone and all the Jews will escape. Don't think because you're married to the king that you'll escape this decree of killing all the Jews. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place, but you and your father's family will perish. Now listen to this. And who knows but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. Can I say, ladies, that you are here on the planet in this place ordained by God for such a time as this. You need to be courageous and stand in that place that God has put you in and change the course of your family and change the course of people around about you, even at great risk. And don't think, this is what you're saying, don't think it's just gonna happen. Don't think it's gonna change because you want it to. Don't think it's gonna change because you think it, it should or you deserve it to change. It's gonna happen when you rise up in that courage as a woman created by God to bring life into that situation no matter what's going on around about you. That's how you've been created. You're created to be courageous. Maybe God's positioned you to change the course of your family. It's gonna take courage to change the course of your marriage. It's gonna take courage to change the course of your family with your kids, to change the course of your life. Don't ever underestimate the God-given power that he's given you. We need women who will fight for their families. If you don't, who will? You're the bringer of life. Bring life into the struggle. You know, I'm gonna say it this way. I had a great dad. I have a great stepdad, but I'm thankful for courageous grandmas. Come on, who knows what I'm talking about, right? Come on, you didn't mess with my grandmas. <laughs> 
I learned so much from them. I've learned so much from the men in my life, but I learned so much from them. I'm thankful for a courageous mom. I tell you what, it's a difference maker. Ladies, you need to be that. Women, you're called to be that in the lives of your family and those around about you. You can turn families around, just be courageous. Maybe you've been told to be quiet. Maybe you've been told it's not your place. It's not your role. Maybe you've been told that it's, you're insignificant or that you don't matter. Don't believe that lie. Don't believe that lie. Believe what the word of God says, that you're the bringer of life into every situation. And be courageous and take that place. Look what Esther says in verse 16. Go gather together all the Jews who are in Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, three days, not a day. I and my attendants will fast as you do. When this is done, I'll go to the king, even though it is against the law. And listen to this, and if I perish, I perish. Hey, what do you have to lose? I love this, be courageous enough to fight for your family at all costs. Be courageous to fight for your marriage at all costs. Fight for your kids at all costs. And if I die, I die. And whether it's here on the earth, I'm gonna see victory or in heaven one day. Come what may, but I'm gonna rise up in that place and be courageous as a woman of God and be the bringer of life into every situation. What do I have to lose? Nothing and everything to gain. And if I die, I die, but I'm gonna die trying. I'm gonna die fighting. I'm gonna die believing. And I know a lot of you are fighting for your family. A lot of you are fighting spiritually for your family. Be courageous in prayer. Be courageous in prayer every day. Keep fighting. Be courageous in the word every day. Get yourself full of the word of God so you have strength, faith to stand on. Be courageous in, in, in the church and get your families here because this is a life-giving place where they'll learn and grow. Be courageous to fight for that. Be courageous to fight financially. I know moms do whatever it takes and, and I just wanna give a shout out to single moms that you're trying to make this all happen on your own. God bless you. Keep fighting, keep fighting. Be courageous, single moms. God bless you. Whatever it takes, whatever it takes, you bring life into your family. Be courageous and fight for them. You ever hear the saying, <laughs> you ever hear the saying, you can mess with me, but don't mess with my family, right? Or, or you don't mess with them, she'll claw your eyes out <laughs> or scratch your eyes out or whatever. Just be courageous enough to have that fight in you God's gifted you in a way. He's created you in a way to be a bringer of life in every situation. Be courageous. Number four, women are loyal. Women are loyal. Maybe at times it seems more prone to be loyal than men. But look at the book of Ruth. Ruth married a man and his mother-in-law, the man's mom, she had two sons actually, Ruth's husband and another one's husband. Her her mother-in-law's name's Naomi. So Naomi had a husband and he died. And then both her sons died. So Naomi's a widow, so Ruth, her daughter-in-law, is a widow, and her other daughter-in-law is a widow. And so the mom's like, the mother-in-law rather is like, girls, you just need to, I'll be good, I'll be fine, you go, go back to your people, get another husband, get on with your life. And it's just a beautiful story of commitment and loyalty here with Ruth to Naomi. And let's take a look at it in Ruth uh, chapter one, verse 16 through 17. Here's what it says. Ruth replied, don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go, and where you stay, I'll stay. Your people will be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I'll die and there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, but it ever so severely if even death separates you from me. Oh, what a picture of commitment and loyalty. Here's a beautiful picture of commitment and loyalty. I think one thing that's lacking in our world today is loyalty. I mean, these next generations, it seems like it's lacking even more and more. Loyalty, serving, giving. People, don't, uh, people aren't loyal to the word anymore. They're not loyal to commitments anymore. They're not loyal to relationships. 
But I, I want to encourage you that, that the power of, of being loyal, that God's created you in a way that, that, that women can rise up and, and be loyal. And let's look and see the results of that, the benefit of it. And, and I want you to see this because don't do what the world does. Don't do what the world says. Do what the word of God says. And, and so if you finish this story out, it really pays off. It's a beautiful story. God brought her to a man named Boaz. And it says this in chapter 2. Verse 10, at this she bowed down with her face to the ground and she asked him, Boaz, why have I found such favor in your eyes that you even notice me, a foreigner? And Boaz replied, I've been told all about you, what you've done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband, how you left your father and mother in your homeland and came to live with a people you did not know before. May the Lord repay you for what you've done. May you be richly rewarded, rewarded by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. I love that. Listen to the result of loyalty. Boaz, and Boaz's name means strength. So she came from a, piece, a, a place of seemingly uh, unsettled and, and uneasy, and she, she lost her husband, and she lost her father-in-law, and it didn't seem like there was anything stable in her life or her world, but she stayed loyal to what God had spoke to her heart. And look at the result. God brought her to a place of strength, to a man named Boaz. And Boaz then is rewarding her for her, for her loyalty. I saw it in you. I saw that you didn't give up when everybody else did. I saw you didn't compromise. I saw you didn't give in to the world. I saw you didn't do this other stuff, but you stayed true to what God had put in your heart and now that God is rewarding her. I love that idea. I'm telling you, it's worth the fight. It's worth the effort because God sees your faithfulness. God sees your loyalty and he is your strength. He is your Boaz. When everything's changing round about you, stay steady. When everything else is changing, stay steady. God is your Boaz. He is your strength. I love that story. When you look at the rest of the story, Ruth ended up marrying Boaz and they had a son. So Ruth and Boaz had a son named Obed. Obed was the father of Jesse. Jesse was the father of David or King David. What a great testimony. Look at the faithfulness of God. That Ruth, in the midst of instability, in the midst of chaos, and in the midst of, of all kinds of things happening round about her and influences, she stayed steady to what God put in her heart, and now she has become the great-grandmother of King David. Who would have thought? Because we would try and compromise for the sake of getting something, and God blessed her beyond she could ever hope or imagine, and she is the direct line of King David. Amen. I'm telling you what, God will reward and do things for you that no man ever could. Stay steady, stay loyal, stay faithful. You've been created that way by God. I love that picture. Women are leaders. Number five, women are leaders and they get the job done. I love that because it seems like in the world today there's not enough credit, there's not enough opportunity it seems given to women. It seems like the world's mindset is and even in the church the mindset is second class and that's not true. We certainly don't believe that here. We don't believe that here. God's gifted you. He's given you great uh, giftings and callings for the kingdom. In Judges 4, Judges 4, verse 4 through 5, there is a, a leader here of the nation of Israel named Deborah. Now Deborah is a prophet, leader of the nation, the wife of that guy right there. And was lead, I tried it at home several times and I blew it every time, was leading Israel at that time. She held, she held court under the palm of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in the hill country of Ephraim. And the Israelites went up to her to have, her disputes, to have their disputes decided. Listen to this. The people of the country, Israelites, came up to her for her to decide their disputes. She was a leader. She led that nation. He goes on to say this. 
She sent for Barak, the son of Abinoam from Kadesh in Naphtali and said to him, the Lord God of Israel commands you, go take with you 10,000 men of Naphtali and Zebulun and lead them up to Mount Tabor. I will lead, I will lead Sisera, the commander of Jabin's army with his chariots and with his troops to the Kishon river and give him into your hands. Barak said to her, if you go with me, I'll go. But if you don't go with me, I won't go. The leader of the army tells the woman leader, if you're not going, I'm not going. I'm only going if you're going. Come on, can I just say women are leaders? We believe that here, gifted and called of the Lord, amen? You are able to lead through things. Again, I'm not crossing roles here, but I want you to understand that some of us, we, sometimes we don't step out into that place. That's not my place. Uh, somebody else will do it. No, God's gifted you to do that. And so what happens is, is the, as the, the battle goes on and, and things kind of deteriorate, the, the Israelites are, are winning the battle, of course, and, and the opposing army's on the run, and the leader of the opposing army, Sisera, he's on the run, and, and the soldiers are chasing him, and he, he comes to a, a neighboring group of people who are kind of neutral in this whole thing, and there's a woman at a tent that he sees, and she waves him over to the tent, opens the door, and he's out of breath, and he says, I, just, I need a drink of water. Can you give me a drink of water? She says, yeah, come on in. Get him a drink of water. Why don't you lay down here? You look tired. You've been running hard. Here, get a little blanket, cover up a little bit. She gets him all comfy there and he's so tired, wore out that he falls asleep and then she finishes the job for the people of Israel. The woman, a woman take care of it. I'm telling you what, God will use you, let him. You've been gifted and called to lead in some capacity. I, I want you to know that. You're not second class. You're not second place. I know there's a belief there that there's some kind of idea that women keep silent in the church and that's taken out of context and women can't teach men and that's taken out of context and we don't believe that here at Tree of Life. We believe there's an anointing on your life, there's a gifting and calling on your life. Step up in that place of leadership. Let God work in and through you. God wants to do that. I believe that with all my heart. I, I wanna look at number six. Women are in the know, K-N-O-W. Women are in the know. Can I tell you? If you want to know something, you need to ask a woman. I'm just learned that. I got three in my house. I know everything that's going on all the time, everywhere. Well, let me say, I know what they want me to know. I'll put it that way, right? It's like, they know everything that's going on, <laughs> right? And I don't mean that to be funny, but it's interesting how God's wired people and how it has wired different ones. And so uh, in the story, uh, when Jesus was being resurrected from the grave, uh, the first people at the tomb that morning when the stone was rolled away were who? Women. Women. And I don't think anything in the scripture is random. I don't think anything's just accidental or happenstance. I think it was God's plan and design for women to be the first one at the tomb. And women ran into the tomb. I think it's very honoring as women came into that tomb to be the first one and they carried the message of the resurrection, the greatest story ever told in the history of mankind. They carried the news. You know what happened is they carried the news to a couple men on the road who slept in <laughs> and they carried him and told him, hey, he's risen. They didn't believe him. They had to go see for themselves, but they didn't wait for those guys. They went on. You know why I think, why I think that women were first at the tomb? I think women were first at the tomb so the message could spread. All right, I'm just, I'm honest. I'm serious. The message could spread. They just needed to get out. Hey, if the men were first there, we still wouldn't know about Jesus resurrecting or not. I'm just... It's just the way, right? Hey, honey, how was your day today? Oh, it was good. It was good. Fine. Did you guys end up going to the tomb? Yeah. Yeah, I went to the tomb. Come on, women. How many know what I'm talking about? Come on. Seriously. <laughs> but you know what? 
God has entrusted the good news of the resurrection of Jesus Christ to you women. Come on, the first ones to see, to spread the good news, spread the good news. We need you to spread the good news. You're created that way. Bringer of life, spread the good news. I think sometimes women are still the primary ones sharing the good news, talking about the things of God. You know, you're more apt to walk up at a, at a coffee shop and hear women talking about God than men talking about God. The grocery store. It's just the truth. It's how God created you. So take every moment to share the good news. Use who you are to share the good news. Last one, number seven, women live and leave a legacy of faith. You were created to live and leave a legacy of faith. Mary, the mother of Jesus, as a young teenage girl, had great faith to believe the promises of God. Let's take a look at Luke 1.38, New Living Translation. And as you see this, or as you're turning there, I want you to, if you're gonna write anything down today, write this down. If there's anything, one thing that you're gonna take away, one thing you're write down, write this one down. <clears throat> Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. Now listen to this. Here's what I want you to get. May everything you have said about me come true. God, may everything you have said about me come true. Oh, ladies, women, moms, that should be your, your declaration every day. When you wake up in the morning, Lord, may everything you said about me come true. When you lay down at night, Lord, may everything you said about me come true. When you're faced with a challenge, Lord, may everything you say about me come true. When the world or men are telling you something contrary to the word of God, Lord, may everything you say about me come true. When circumstances don't line up the way you think, Lord, may everything you say about me in this come true. That should be something that you say every single day. Oh, if we'll get that, why? Because we trust you, God. We have faith in who you are. Can you imagine little teenage Mary? And she says, Lord, may everything you say about me come true, knowing that she's gonna have to go explain this to her parents and Joseph. I know you're not gonna believe this, but I'm pregnant. <laughs> but I love her heart and her faith. May everything you say about me come true, God. You may not understand it, but if it's from God, you need to declare it. May everything you can have said about me come true. Some of us need to speak that over and over again because we've had some negative things said over us, ladies, and we have bought into those lies. And maybe for years, you've had people and men and teachers and parents and dads and whatever speak things, ladies, speak things over you, but you know what? Let this be your declaration. Lord, may everything you've said about me come true. Everything. Let that be all of our declaration. I love that picture. Not what man has said, not what husband has said, not what parents have said, not what society has said, not what culture has said, not what TV has said, not what social media has said, not what magazines have said, not what movies have said, but what everything that God has said, may it come true. She had faith to believe the promises of God. She believed the impossible. Hebrews eleven thirty one. I'm gonna wrap it up. By faith, say faith. By faith, trust in God and his promises, Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. Now listen, by faith, Rahab was uh, a woman in Jericho when the children of Israel uh, were gonna cross the promised land and ultimately defeat, defeat it. The spies, she kept the spies there. You know what I love about what this literally means is because of the faith of Rahab that the promised land opened up to the people of God. Because the faith of this woman, the promised land opened up to God's people. Because the faith of you women in your home, your family, your situation, your faith can open up the promises of God in your life and in the life of your family. Because of your faith, your faith can open up the promises of God in your marriage. It can open up the promises of God in your kids. It can open up the promises of God in your life. You need to have faith. You are created to be women of faith. 
Have faith in God, trust God. May all that you say about me come true. I'm trusting you for everything. And so literally because of that, the land comes opened up and the children of Israel come into the promise of God. Second Timothy 1.5, my last scripture here. Timothy is a pastor in the New Testament, probably one of the biggest, greatest churches. Paul's investing him in his spiritual son. It's a time, Timothy's going through a tough time, so Paul writes him and says, I'm reminding, I'm reminded of your sincere faith which first lived in your grandmother. I, I know you have sincere faith, Timothy, I see it in you, but I, here's where it comes from. Remember, it came from your grandmother Lois and from your mother Eunice. I'm reminded of your grandmother's faith, I'm reminded of your mother's faith, and it's in you. Listen, you need to be women of faith because it needs to be passed down in your heritage. You need to be grandmothers of faith, you need to be mothers of faith, women of faith, because you need to pass that down to those that come after you, because there's gonna come a time that they're gonna need to be reminded of the faith that you had, and it will encourage them in their own faith. But understand what happens here. He talks about Timothy's faith coming from a heritage or a line of faith. And, and what happens is Timothy then, he comes, he's refreshed and he's faith-filled again. And all of a sudden, he's making greater impact than he made before. So now you see someone's faith open up the doors in the Old Testament. Now you see a heritage of faith open up the doors in the New Testament. What's God saying? Listen, women, you are significant to the plan and purpose of God on this planet. And he's created to be women of faith to open up the door to endless possibilities of what God God wants to do in you and through you and change this world. Have a life and legacy of faith. Love that. It's the prayers and the faith that brought him back. God is a good and faithful God. Listen, today we celebrate you. Moms, women, we celebrate you. We honor you. We're, we're, we need you all to be who God's created you to be. The men should have been the ones, amen, in the loudest. Because I want those women in my life. I have those women in my life. But today we honor you with this. We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas. Or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.